Welcome to the Raising Righteous Muslim Through Arabic podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration, motivation, and insight into helping you make Arabic part of your life and your child's life. I'm Hannah, the host and founder of Arabic Nest, where I work to support and empower non-Arabic speakers and Muslim families to teach their children Arabic following their natural development. To me, embarking on this Arabic journey isn't just about the technicalities of language learning. It is about preparing and empowering you on all aspects of your life so you can be at your best to carry out this wonderful mission that it is to not only teach your child Arabic, but for you to also connect to the Arabic language. You can find out more about us and our latest news at ArabicNest.com or stay in touch by following us on Instagram at Arabic underscore Nest. Assalamu alaikum everyone. So I'm super excited to have this new guest with me today on the podcast, alhamdulillah. And so I'm welcoming Ruba from Reading with Ruba. So Ruba is a children's book lover and author. She wrote the book, The Coolest Career. She holds a master's in clinical mental health counseling. So mental health is a topic near and dear to her. She's currently homeschooling her two children, five years old and six years old. And most of her time is spent reading, sorting, and recommending children's books. Also through her Instagram account, Reading with Ruba. She just launched an exciting new project that she's going to tell us all about. So stay tuned and let's have her join us. Assalamu alaikum, Ruba, and marhaban to the podcast. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Thank you so much for having me, my dear. Um, I'm very excited to be here. It is my first time uh, being on a podcast. I'm not a podcast person, so this is exciting. Oh, alhamdulillah, I'm honored, <laughs> mashallah. <laughs> so I always uh, dive into it. Um, so basically, I like to have a little background of uh, yourself and like your journey with Arabic. Like we all have different journeys, so we'd love to hear your own journey, inshallah. Sure. So um, just for reference, um, for those of you who don't know me, I was born and raised in the United States in the state of New Jersey, a very diverse town, alhamdulillah, many, many uh, Muslims of different backgrounds. So alhamdulillah, I was born into um, an Arab household. My parents are both Palestinian. So there definitely was Arabic learning from birth. So and I'm very thankful for that. Not everyone has that, even with Arab parents. Um, I went to a public elementary school and we didn't focus that much on Arabic at home uh, growing up but then I went to a private Islamic school from sixth grade until 12th grade and they did uh, teach Arabic in the classroom they actually had something interesting I don't know if you have that there but it was like first group second group and then they even added a third group so first group was the most advanced and alhamdulillah that idea of having Arabic in the classroom, along with my parents, obviously, you know, emphasizing the importance of Arabic uh, did help me, um, you know, learn Arabic. And I would like to say, alhamdulillah, that I'm pretty fluent if you compare it to the average, you know, Arab American. Uh, sometimes they ask me, how long have you lived in the U.S.? And I tell them 33 years because uh, that's how old I am. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I am at now, alhamdulillah. Mashallah, that's that's really really uh, interesting and and definitely uh, such a blessing, like you said, because um, many families in the West who are of Arabic uh, background, right? Uh, they don't usually always teach Arabic to their kids. So Alhamdulillah, that your parents, uh, may Allah reward them, did that for you. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I mean, Alhamdulillah. 
So, so yeah, so you're um, a Muslim mother in the US, right? So what would you say is the hardest struggle you faced when trying to teach your kids Arabic? So the number one struggle, alhamdulillah, I have two children. Um, my daughter is six and a half, not six. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the them, children, definitely. Yeah. For them, <laughs> in the world of children, six and a half and six is a big difference. So alhamdulillah, she's six and a half now. My son is five. The number one struggle, even though I knew from before they were born that I wanted to focus on Arabic, is finding other families to help strengthen this um, love of Arabic, this passion for speaking Arabic, you know, conversation in Arabic. Uh, living in the West, it is very, very rare, even with my friends who emphasize the same, you know, importance of Arabic, who share the same love and passion for Arabic. Um, when our children are together, unfortunately, you know, because, you know, English is the la main language spoken here. It just English flows. So I feel like that that is the number one struggle as a Muslim mother in the United States, finding other uh, families who are passionate about speaking primarily Arabic to their children. I know, right? Uh, and it also sometimes can feel very lonely because um, if you're able to find people, that's great. But sometimes it's really hard to find people interested or um, I remember um, one of the, the sister I was doing a coach with, uh, she's she's also, mashallah, Palestinian, subhanAllah, and um, she's homeschooling. And so she she was telling me that she's in a group of homeschoolers, right? And there are Muslim families in the, in that group also. And so I told her, like, why don't you, um, why don't you, like, try and, and, and get to to get them to do Arabic with you or do some Arabic activities? And she was like, they're not interested. And I was like, wow. Um, so this is like really, really a struggle to find people who uh, understand the importance of the Arabic and who would like, you know, make the effort to do something about it. So, yeah, so I actually encourage her to to like be the one leading the movement and try to to get Arabic into that group, inshallah. But yeah, I can definitely feel uh, lonely and, and difficult, um, like you said, also to practice Arabic, even with Arabic speakers. Uh, I know this is, will come to a surprise to a lot of people, but a lot of Arabic speakers, they might, uh, especially if there's like different um, people from different countries, right? Because of the dialects, maybe some of them yes. are speaking the dialect, but not necessarily Fusha. And so yes. it can be difficult to communicate if you're not familiar with the other dialects, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so this is still a struggle, and especially to get the kids to speak in Arabic. Um, mm -hmm. Because like you said, English is the default language, is the easy. And of course, exactly. we, want to, we, want to, easy, yeah, yeah. we want to make it easy. Like kids don't want to like make it hard on themselves. They're like, they figure it out life, no? <laughs> it has to be simple. It shouldn't be yes. complicated. Um, but actually on that point, because this is something um, I've experienced uh, recently, because uh, one of my uh, friends who is also an Arabic enthusiast, she's not an Arabic speaker, but mashallah, uh, she's been learning Arabic for a long time. And so she was like telling me like, I want my kids to be like, speaking Arabic and be more with, you know, uh, kids who speak in Arabic and everything. So we decided to do some kind of like um, group and have the kids like do things in Arabic. And obviously, 
same thing the kids want to speak in english even though my exactly kids, <laughs> even though my kids don't speak much of english actually like they speak arabic <laughs> but because the other kids would speak english they would like force them they actually learn english like this because of the other kids right so yep. i i actually went and sit down with them and i was like okay let's all in arabic i was like let's play and you know like trying to get them into the arabic mood and play with them in arabic and then <laughs> they started speaking in arabic and so i just left them you know sometimes oh, i know it's yeah. it's like it's it sounds simple but it is simple <laughs> it's just I like, know. you know <laughs> trying to initiate the thing and then get them to to do it subhanallah so definitely this is a, a big a big struggle um alhamdulillah but but there's a lot of things we can do to make um this absolutely easy, right um yes i know you are very into books like i've mentioned yes <laughs> the like minute it. i talk about books i don't stop that's why i was like holding my horses okay <laughs> so definitely when we talk about uh, language learning books can play a huge role in making this journey successful alhamdulillah and so this is exactly what you focus on and it is the essence of your new project kunu's library so could you tell us more about what it is and why you started it yes so um i do want to start by saying the number one factor alhamdulillah for my children's you know fluency in the arabic language is stories reading Arabic books with them. I cannot stress that enough. I cannot, you know, stress the importance of reading with children enough in any language. But here, let's focus on Arabic. And um, I started this journey four years ago when I realized that my growing collection of books was primarily in English. Even the wonderful Islamic books were in English. So slowly but surely, I started digging through anything possible thanks to the power of social media. And, you know, finding different bookish accounts and finding different bookstores and saving uh, posts and ordering from all over the world. So, alhamdulillah, now my Arabi library at home is over 300 books, alhamdulillah. But again, that took four years. So um, what I realized in this process was that, you know, I have built that library of my dreams. Alhamdulillah, we have around, I think we're at 1,020 books um, total, <laughs> children's <Wow>. books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm one of those, like, I'm known here in the community, and I'm glad I'm known for this uh, title, alhamdulillah, it's a good one, I think. Uh, so I thought that now that my work here was done at home, um, subhanAllah, I met with, um, who now is my um, project partner with Kunuz Khadija, Sister Khadija and I, we met and we were discussing homeschooling, subhanAllah, and then we both ended up sharing this love of Arabic books and actually, Kunu's library started primarily um, just from that, that meeting that kind of set off this idea. I was like, wow, someone shares the same dream as I. This was back in the spring. Um, and fast forward, uh, you know, from that time until now, alhamdulillah, we have spent, you know, countless uh, hours and days and weeks um, finding the best um, Arabic books. We also have some English Islamic books. Because we felt that this is something the community is in dire need of. And this is the way for us to preserve the Arabic language in this community. Alhamdulillah, like I said, North Jersey, New Jersey in general, 
has a you know a lot of Muslims, you know, and diverse Muslims, and not even even some of the the families, the Muslim families who are not Arab want their children to learn Arabic. So we thought this is the best thing that our um, community needs, and inshallah, you know that this will count as a sadaqah jariya for Khadija and I, and that's how it started. Subhanallah, <clears throat> that is amazing, mashallah, and so many things. <laughs> I want to jump on here. Um, I know. <laughs> Too many First topics, of right? all, um, like you were mentioning, like uh, reading books to your kids, like help them improve their, their Arabic so much, right? Um, and I would even say personally that it improved my own Arabic fluency. Of course. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Arabic speakers, I mean, uh, I'm not a like 100 Arabic speaker, but even like it helped me so, so much in improving like uh, the fluency, improving vocabulary, uh, like structure, sentence structures and everything. Like, subhanAllah, books are really the easiest and most efficient tool we can use in language learning. So this is definitely Absolutely. Uh, amazing. Um, and then I love how um, not only did you like take it onto yourself, you know, to create this library for your children to to allow them to be exposed to books, especially in an era where like the digital is everywhere. Um, this is like amazing. But you you went even beyond because you took it out to the community. You were like, okay, my work is done here. So how can I do more? Right. Uh, so mashallah, this is amazing. Um, and for everyone who's listening and thinking, yeah, but uh, I mean, like, I'm not like her. I cannot do like this or, or you know, these kind of, you know, mindsets. Um, it can start smaller. I mean, I personally, actually, before seeing your project, subhanAllah, I had a similar idea, but I'm on a very, very smaller scale. I have some books with me here. Uh, I'm currently in Malaysia. Um, so I have, uh, I've bought a lot of books throughout the the two, like in, in last two years, like I had the opportunity mm -hmm. to go to Morocco. There was a lot of books there, alhamdulillah. Um, we also ordered a few from the Middle East because when we were in France, it was a bit like uh, closer, let's say, and things like this. Yeah. So I, I got, I don't have like the same amount of books that you do, but I still have like maybe around 80 or something like um, storybooks. So it's already like for me huge. And so I was like, yes. I want to share this with the community because here in Malaysia, it's extremely, extremely difficult to find good Arabic books. I mean, like, yeah, access to Arabic books is, is very, like, low. So I was like, I want to do this and, you know, open it to um, the community around me, alhamdulillah. So I've done this, like, small library where um, people can come and, and choose uh, stories. And, um, and so, like, yeah, the idea here is just you don't have to start this big project you know and, and like you're doing mashallah you can if you want but you can start smaller and see maybe it's like uh gonna work well and then you can expand it alhamdulillah but you can start uh, very small with your own home with your community with your friends to try and really uh, bring back books arabic books into uh, our children's life and i yeah. would even say i'm pretty sure you're gonna agree with me on this that um, this project and this idea isn't just about getting books to people, which is extreme, extremely important and needed, but it's also about raising awareness about how important it is for children to know Arabic. Yes, I know 100%. this is something you advocate for a lot, right? So this is yes. kind of 
uh, a way for us to raise awareness. We all have different ways. I'm using this podcast. Um, you're using like the events that you do through the library to to show people that it is possible uh, to learn Arabic. Um, it's not like something that is so difficult, like not accessible, even for non-Arabic speakers, mashallah. Like you mentioned that you have also families that are not Arabic speakers, but are interested. And so this is possible for them too, alhamdulillah. Yes, alhamdulillah. And you know, that's why I always give the disclaimer of, I started this four years ago and I'm an odd case and no one follow my example because I don't <laughs> want to discourage people from, you know, like 10 books is amazing. You know, if you can, if I can expose you to 10 new Arabic books in one year, that's then I've done my job, you know. So I definitely agree. Um, you can start small. And mashallah, Hannah, I love that you also started this small scale library. Um, like I said, um, or like we both probably agree that it's not about, you know, the the quantity of books or the scale of the project. It's just the idea of, you know, bringing it out, even if it's, you know, a small number of books. So Alhamdulillah, and many people told me as soon as we launched um, or announced that we were launching Kunuz, many people told me they had this idea. So it's just like, you know, take initiative because everyone keeps telling me every time I have an idea, they said, you do it. I said, I can't make it do all the ideas in this community. <laughs> we need more leaders. <laughs> you know, I can take on what I can. But other than that, you know, um, I want to now focus my energy lately has been focused on canoes like the past few months, alhamdulillah. So. That is amazing. Um, definitely, like we need more leaders. And and this is something I also try to do when I have uh, sisters that I try to coach around this. And I'm like, you have to be the leader in your community. I mean, if it just take one person, you know, uh, and then yep. you go from there, subhanAllah. So, so mashallah, um, that is amazing that you were able to find uh, Sister Khadija to embark with you on this. <laughs> so like this, yes, the, the more people, <laughs> the better. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so definitely, this is such an important work. Um, may Allah put a lot of barakah in this project and allow you to to reach out to a lot of families and to bring mm. books, books and Arabic books and Arabic learning into their home. Um, so they can connect to the Arabic language better and ultimately to the Quran and the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, inshallah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So would you like to, to share like a final word with the audience to kind of like boost them maybe? <laughs> yes, um, I actually, because I know that not everyone likes to be in a leadership position. So I will say something before I conclude, um, especially as, us as Muslim mothers, our primary, and I know that you all agree with me, our primary focus, our primary amana is our own children. So I don't mean this to, you know, to, to say like, don't help the community. But for those of you who are not able to, for whatever reason, you don't have the means to lead a community project like this. I highly recommend you start in your own home and start on a small scale. Just like I said, you need a few books, but you need an order to uh, promote the Arabic learning in your homes, you have to, um, you know, especially in this, like you had said, the digital era, you need to hype this up. You need to make it exciting. So make Arabic learning exciting. And one simple example that I would say is, and I don't know if you've ever done this before, um, and we call it shay or poetry tea time in Arabic, is, you know, a very basic concept. Bring an Arabic book, a new one, 
you know, have some tea or whatever kind of, you know, drink you enjoy, bake something or buy something, which I've done both, and just, you know, make Arabic learning enjoyable for your children. So that's just, you know, one simple example. And it took me months, by the way, to start it because just, you know, that mental block. But once I started it, it's just, alhamdulillah, we've been doing it. You know, we don't have a set time. Uh, we try to do it Fridays, but it's not like every week. It's not always every month. Um, and that was, that's been a nice way. And I, I purposely do not do it with English books. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. We are a bilingual household and I do read English books, but I make the funner things or the more fun things with the Arabic stories. Amazing. This is uh, such a great, great advice to bring, you know, joy and excitement into uh, Arabic uh, books. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, tabarakallah. Jazakallah khairan for this amazing advice and for joining me today, alhamdulillah. Um, I pray you all benefited and enjoyed this episode. Jazakallah khairan everyone for tuning in and be sure to follow Ruba on Instagram at uh, Reading with Ruba and Kunu's Library. You'll have all the links in the description below, inshallah. And follow us also on Instagram at Arabic underscore nest. And if you enjoy the episode, please take a minute to rate it as it helps in gaining visibility and do share it with friends and family so they can benefit themselves. So Jazakallah Khairan and Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam.